And they don't care. They, they do not be determined. The devil, the devil distills their mindset where they think if I study and study and study and study and study, for what? For what? Your neighbor that you've been living inside of for 25 years is still lost. You just still didn't tell him how much is your education going to teach that man when he dies and goes to hell because you never told him about the redemption blood. That's our mission. To pray. To tell someone that you can share what's happened to you with someone else. And I remember a buddy of mine that we used to, we were neighbors probably half a mile, three quarters of a mile apart. And we did everything from growing up. We rode our bicycles together. We went to the store and spent our hard-earned money for bubble gum and sodas. And went fishing together and all kinds of things. And I got him to go to church. It took me a while, but I kept telling him, I said, Terry, one day your life's going to come to an end. Where will you stand? I'm asking you, where will you stand? He said, I don't know. He didn't know. He had no idea. So I told him about the redemption of Christ. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And I said, God would have gotten it. And people put it all on God. You know, you know, the blame game makes it easy to blame God. If I blame God, I won't have no blame. I'll just blame God. Well, if God loved me so much, why did He send me to hell? He didn't send me to hell. God don't send nobody to hell. That's a myth. God never sent nobody to hell. People go to hell because they reject God's offer. Like, hello, if I was a wealthy businessman and I offered to write you a check and to pay off all your debts. Whew. Sounds good, though. Mm -hmm. But you never come and confront me. You never come and stand with me. So you go with that debt the rest of your life till you go to the grave unless some miracle happens. Say, gosh, pastor offered to pay my whole debt off, but yet I was too proud to go and ask him. Okay, that's what God's saying. God is saying the same thing. Unless you go to him and you're too proud to ask him. Are you sure that you're sure that you're sure? I am. I wasn't until I was about 19 years old. My wife had invited me. They, they had a guest speaker and... She invited me several times over when we were dating. You know, I wanted to date, but I didn't want to go to church. <laughs> I didn't want nothing to do with church, to be honest with you. I'm being honest with you, transparent. I didn't want to go to church. Church was not my bag. Honestly, I didn't want to go to church. Now I love to go to church. When I know that I know what it's all about, I love doing what I do. You get a lot of flack for teaching the truth. But I love what I do because I know it's real. I know it's the truth. The truth at the end is what matters. And I said, I'll go with you one time. So I made a deal with the devil, I guess you'd say. I said, I'll go one time. <laughs> After that, forget it. I but I didn't know all God needed was one time. God was baiting the trap and I was the victim for the bait in the trap. Didn't know it. But God was baiting the trap with my girlfriend to get me to go to his house to find him. Of course, I do like most people do. I went to the furthest chair 
back in the corner wherever I can hide. You know, we like to hide. People, nothing wrong with the back seats now. Don't, I don't want to get nobody if you're sitting in the back seat. It's, it's an implication for me and me only. So I'm not putting that on anyone. But I did it in my mind because I thought if I hide, they won't see me. What I meant was who I was. I didn't want them to know who I was. So I didn't only find a seat way in the back to hide. I did one of these numbers. You ever see my go to church and they go way down so far you can't hardly see their head. And that's what I do. And I thought, well, if I'm below eye level, the other people, the minister's not even going to see me. He's not going to know I'm there. But I was too dumb to know the Holy Spirit knew I was there. I wasn't educated. Spiritually, I didn't know the Holy Ghost already knew because He set me up days before that for that special day because He knew that minister was going to have the message that it took to touch my heart. And as he preached, which was a short sermon, and he stopped. I thought, okay, it must be over already. I can get out of here. <laughs> but it wasn't over. It just started. He said, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Because he said, there's someone here. The Spirit of God is dealing with your heart. Your inward man. The real you. And I knew it was me. And I was sitting there and I thought the church put a hex on me. Because my legs started to shake. And my hands started to shake. And I was trying to stop myself. I was shaking and the conviction of the Holy Spirit came on me so strong. God was showing me that He loved me so much that all that I'd done that I thought and said was unworthy, He found me worthy. And He wanted the blood applied. And he said, whoever you are, if you're person enough to get out of your seat and come to the front, he said, I'll pray the sinner's prayer with you so that you can make heaven your home. <laughs> I never wanted to run so hard in all my life. Because I knew that it was real. I knew what I felt was real. God had bored through all my pride, all my past, and saw a person that he wanted to save, that he wanted to take to heaven. And when I bowed, I began to weep. And his blood began to cleanse my life as if I've never done anything wrong. He totally, from the top of my head to the crown of my feet, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't go away theological and and describe to anyone what took place, but I knew it was real. And when I stood to my feet, I felt like a totally different person. And when I went home, and my wife and I started to date, now this is not on you, so this was me. I used to buy these little boxes, of miniature cigars, and I used to smoke quite a few of them. And I'd always have a box on my front seat, when I went to my car, the first thing I did was they went in the trash. Not because the preacher told me, not because my girlfriend told me, but the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And I felt like, for me, for me, are you listening? For me, 
that God was displeased. So I ditched them. I got rid of them. And a few other things in my life. I had a, I bet I had a very toxic tongue through things that went through in my life. I became bitter. I became angry. I became vindictive. And every time I opened my mouth, profanity would come out. It, was, it became like a part of me. And it was one of the hardest things. But after I became a born-again Christian, the visiting pastor that laughed, he called the former preacher and he said, I want to tell you something that happened Sunday in service. He said, I know, you don't have to tell me. He said, who told you? He said, nobody. He said, Tommy gave his heart to the Lord. He said, how do you know? He said, I can see it. He said his radiance just changed about him. Totally changed. And my wife saw it. And when I got home, every night I come home from work, all I wanted to do was get my Bible and read the Bible. I wanted to know more about this God that died for me, this God that loved me so much. And I started to dig in the Word of God and find the things that was in the Word of God. And my life began to change. She was raised in church. And she said to herself, she didn't tell me, but she said, I better straighten things up. She said, he's becoming more godly than I am. And she said, I've been going to church all the time. She said, something happened to him. So when the, when the home pastor come back and he's seen what happened, he's seen the difference. He said, I can see the difference. I... I began to go to church, not because he asked me to, not because I was a member, because something tugged in my heart. I wanted to be there to grow, to learn. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning?